Okay, we're back with another episode of TA at Home with Barry and Callie. This is Barry. And this is Callie. Sorry, I just took a sip of my coffee at that time. Right on time. Um, <laughs> and today with us, we have an incredible guest that we've been waiting to come on for quite some time. We have a recruiter on my team, Frank Felix, with us today. Hi, Frank. Hi, everyone. Hi, Callie. Hi, Frank. Hi. Frank, first of all, you are just how lucky are you to be part of the TA team and even more so on my team, right? Like we've got the best team. I think so. Honestly, I love our team. I love you as a manager. I think you're the best. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not just saying uh, that. I, I'll I tell Callie that I Venmoed you $10 to say that. But anyway, <laughs> we wanted to have um, Frank on this week to kind of cap off the end of Pride Month since Frank is a member of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm getting very good at saying that ac Ackerman now that I'm well, acronym? you said acronym wrong, so. <laughs> I'm getting very good at saying that acronym now that I'm part of the community as well. I feel like I've got to learn how to say you it. You got the important part right. Exactly. Um, so let's just kick it off by talking a little bit about Pride Month, Frank, and what does the month mean to you and how do you typically celebrate? Uh, so Pride Month to me is definitely important, especially just for us to be able to be ourselves, be able to recognize the struggles that we've had in the past as a community. Um, typically for Pride Month, I would either usually go out to um, like Chicago um, for the Pride Parade, Pride Fest. It's a lot of fun to do, um, especially with just your friends. Um, and all of that is all fun and everything to do, but I think it's also just very important to know the history of Pride Month and how it all started. As I've gotten older, I definitely have read more into that than I did when I was younger. So it's it's very good to know and just know everything that happened and just get yourself informed. How have you felt about kind of everything Medline's been doing? Have you gotten involved with the ERG yet? What's kind of your, your feelings around everything been? Uh, so actually, I was really excited that Medline started the ERG, um, especially being able to see it um, built from the ground up. So a brand new thing. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I did attend a few of the um, seminars that they had and also the first meeting that they had as well. Um, just overall, I'm glad that uh, Medline is very open and able to do this for our employees. But I think even before the ERGs, just something that stuck out to me the, um, the most was probably at our HR meeting that we had. Um, Karen said something um, to everyone, and I, I, I forgot the exact thing she said, but just relating to um, being just inclusive and especially her like recognizing uh, trans people um, during that meeting, like I kind of was like in awe, like I was kind of kind of got chills when she said that because it feels amazing for uh, one of our leaders being able to include um, then a community, and especially uh, for trans people, um, they I feel like they have it the most difficult currently. Um, so it was very good to hear for Karen to say that when we were all together in that room. Yeah, I remember that. I also remember getting chills during that too. Frank, I just saw you take a sip from your um, Medline Pride yep. water bottle. You got the whole package. I love yep. it. I did have to. I actually really love this. I love the colors. Represent. So what do you want any of your coworkers or Medline employees that are allies listening to this podcast to know about you or Pride Month or how they could show support? 
Um, I think just, so how people could sh uh, show support is just expressing that they're okay with, or, I know it's kind of hard to say, honestly, because um, everyone does it so differently and there's so many avenues to do it. Um, but I, I think maybe, I think you, Callie, or Barry did mention in one of your uh, last episodes, um, just including like your pronouns on your profile, like that's a big indicator. Even including like the, uh, the, pride banner thing on your um, signature that's also very helpful um and you know like i i think during one of the seminars that we had um the last week that we had come in uh she did i think she did touch upon you know how could people be more mindful of i guess the community uh because when i started um i think a lot of some coworkers around where i sat they were always like oh how's your girlfriend how's your um uh, wife or something like that and you know people just assume right away that you know you like are heterosexual or something um but for me that that wasn't the case and um i i so i kind of have a difficult time still kind of like telling people um about uh about me and uh my preferences and over over time i kind of just don't care I mean, specifically because i'm on this episode and everyone's gonna hear it uh, <laughs> I, I really don't care, especially I think working from home too. I some of the uh, morning emails that we have, I've shared a lot of stuff that I like from the community as well. Like uh, like I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, uh, drag is a, a big thing that I it's pretty fun to see, not just in the TV setting but also live. And I think Chicago has one of the best drag scenes. Um, in the country. I mean, every, probably every single person will say that, that the same thing about their own city or whatever, but <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing. Um, like I think last, so before COVID happened, um, I went out to Hamburger Mary's in Chicago and it was fun. Like I was able to uh, see them perform and we uh, had dinner and it was just fun meeting everyone there and just they're, them doing their numbers. Like I remember one of the drag queens that, um, we saw her name was Olasia and she did a number. She went out to the street and danced in like <laughs> the street and cars were there um, just waiting for uh, to go. But I thought it was amazing. And like, I kind of like got me excited, hyped me up to like, just get off my chair and just like say, woo, that's exciting. I have not been to a drag show since college. So you have to tell me where in the city to go now that things are opening up because I definitely want to. That's right yes. up my Definitely. Yeah, I think college was a lot, maybe even high school. And I've never been in Chicago. I remember going to one in Florida one time. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. Boys Town in Chicago, I, I think it got kind of renamed to um, North Halstead now, I think. But um, like that place is uh, pretty good to go. Um, I know Roscoe's is one of the bars slash clubs where they hold a lot of the uh, drag trail. So it's a good place to go. Okay, I'm in. I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's fun. Um, and I don't know if you guys knew, but um, so there's also Pride in the Park this weekend. Um, you have to buy tickets, I think, in advance. I think they might still have some, but um, I'm also pretty excited to be able to do that because it's last year because the color everything was canceled. So just being and able they're to still doing the Pride Parade, right? It's just been moved to the fall? Yep, October yep. 3rd. So is Pride in the Park just like a toned down Pride Parade, basically? Uh, sort of, yeah, but I think this is the second time they're doing it. Did you go so, to the last Pride in the Park? Um, not that one, um, but this one, 
I was like, well, we haven't done anything like this. So let's just go and have fun. Awesome. So if you're comfortable sharing, can you tell us a little bit about your coming out journey? Um, and if you have any advice for someone who's, you know, not quite there yet, and um, just give them some insight. Um, so my coming out journey, I think it was kind of long, like, so okay, I think I came out to maybe my brother first when I was like 16 or so. And then from there, my sister, um, when she was of age, I kind of told her too. Um, I think I was maybe like 19, 20. And uh, for my mom, I actually didn't tell her until I, I was 18. And then I was so afraid of what my dad would say, um, especially because I think um, um, the Hispanic community, it's kind of a little more, not that it's t taboo, but uh, there's this kind of um, rhetoric of machismo kind of thing. Okay. Um, so I was afraid how my dad would react. Um, so I didn't tell him until I was like 25. And the reason why I told him, well, actually, I didn't even do it. My sister did it for me. <laughs> um, so the reason why I told him is because um, so I was dating um, someone at that time. And uh, he was going to come visit here. Um, so my current uh, boyfriend partner, Nate, he came visiting from Colorado. So he stayed here for a month. And my dad didn't know. And my dad's going to be like, well, who is this guy? Why is he here? So I just told my sister, I was like, hey, can you tell dad? So I didn't have to do it because I, I was really scared. He he took it pretty well for the most part. Um, like he did have, he did ask a few questions. Like, I guess he, because I, I was told, I told him when I was 25 and my, my mommy for a while, it was just, um, it, it, it took a bit, I guess, probably for him to register and for sure. but overall, he was okay with it. And how, how would you say your relationships with your family are now, you know, do they have a relationship with your partner? Uh, yes. So, uh, in one of the episodes, uh, you guys had Diana on, and she kind of did mention that her best friend is a gay man. And um, so she mentioned that he had like a non-traditional relationship. So I kind of do too. I mean, not kind of, I do. So, I mean, I do have a few partners. We are, we have been together for four years. And like, honestly, it's just normal life. We have wow. three dogs, five cats in the house. Oh, and that part is just... more shocking to me than <laughs> Uh, so we just we just like live our lives and work and do what we got to do um but all of our families um they know about, about us and we interact we go to family gatherings and whatnot like Nate's family lives in Colorado and Missouri so whenever we have the time to go out there we do go out there and spend time with them now let me ask you because I've um just recently learned about having two partners and I see a lot um, on social media it, the concept of it being referred to as a thruple is that like the socially acceptable word is that what you call it is there a better thing to call it that's what I call it I mean I think there's there's just so many different kind of relationship dynamics out there I mean if you would have asked me maybe like five ten years ago what I thought about this I would have been like no, like why why would you do that kind of thing but I think just as time went on I became older and just my mind kind of oh well, I just developed opened my mind to like several different things I guess the fact that people are in like a three-way relationship and have like two partners that love and care about them and then there's some of us <clears throat> out here struggling to even find like one person to date like what 
<laughs> what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Very. <laughs> Just saying, it's funny to think about that. Like you can get two partners now, like so much pressure. So in regards to the like thruple kind of, um, for me, like, especially when I started Medline, for me, that felt like it was another coming out moment um, because how, like, I was afraid of what, like, what people would think or something that's not traditional. And like, I was just, so like for, for the longest time, I, I, I only, I guess, talked about Nate only. And honestly, I felt really guilty and really bad because I love these two um, individuals and just to leave someone out, it's just like, I, I felt guilty. And I told, like, I told them both, like, you know, what happened. And they were like, no, it's fine. I understand. We understand. But, like, just me personally, I just, I didn't feel like it was right. So, like, slowly but surely, I, I kind of did let some of my coworkers know. And then um, whenever, I, I think I did share it with Barry as well. And I think, um, and honestly, therapy is wonderful. Like, <laughs> my therapist helped me to kind of how, how to go about it. And I'm glad, I'm glad that I did that I did because it kind of felt like I was um some kind of weight was lifted on my shoulders but like even with the holiday party like I felt bad that I couldn't take them both because like how like what am I going to tell everyone like how are they going to react and I was really worried about what people would say especially because that was my first year at MetLife too yeah I, I you bring up a lot of good points with the one coming out all over again and then two just um you know, having to leave one of your partners out because you felt guilty or you, you felt guilty leaving one of your partners out. And I just think like, even just hearing you talk about this now and the fact that you're talking about it on the podcast, the fact that Diana mentioned it in her podcast, I think it will just help put this out here as, Hey, this is a thing. This is something that a lot of people across the world are doing now. And the more we talk about it and hopefully normalize it, then the easier it will become for the next person to talk about at work or with their family or in life. So I'm proud of you for sharing that with, with Medline today. And you completely took my question out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to ask you. Um, you know, cause I, I think about, you know, what Mindy talked about when she came on the podcast and Barry has talked about it too in, in her episode where she kind of let everybody know um, in that you're constantly having to come out right to new people. Um, and now you have this second layer. I mean, that's gotta be a lot of pressure. So do you feel like it was therapy that kind of helped you get there? Was it Medline maybe talking about things a little bit more? Was it a mixture of both? Like, what do you think brought you to this moment where you're now feeling at least semi-comfortable, you know, being on this podcast and kind of sharing that with everybody? Uh, so I think it's definitely a little bit of everything there that you mentioned. Uh, so I think definitely because Medline's pretty open with um, the ERG groups that we have. And also um, just what uh, Diana brought up in her episode, uh, I think that really pushed me as well to just, well, she kind of touched up on the subject. So, you know, it's out there. And so I was kind of just wondering, well, maybe it's not that bad to just let people know, I guess, or it doesn't matter. But definitely therapy as well. <laughs> I, like, I, I think in my whole, I had one therapy session with um, a therapist about just coming on here and sharing that part of my life because I, like, I, I, I guess I was just afraid of what people would say or I don't want people to look at me different. Like I think even one of our meetings that we had with the whole team, Barry, I did like tell you all that I 
for kind of, I kind of was afraid of just letting everyone know that you know I am gay because I would rather my work speak for itself or just my you know my work ethic etc versus you know who I am or who I love kind of thing. I think it's so incredible that you're sharing this because in the same way you know Diana put it out there you're now taking it a step further um, and potentially you know making other people who are in a similar situation feel more comfortable maybe you know, not necessarily with their coworkers, but maybe even just family. It seems like you've had a good experience and been lucky enough to have all three of your families kind of embrace everything. So I think that's incredibly powerful. I think it's awesome that you're, you're sharing this. We yeah. also had um, some people on a previous episode, because speaking of therapy, just talking about therapy and mental health in the Black community. So I'm wondering if you could educate us a little bit on therapy and mental health in the Hispanic community, if you feel like there's anything there to share. Yeah, it's definitely me. I mean, I'm speaking for myself primarily and uh, other uh, parts of my like extended family, but I think it would probably be the same thing with um, most of the Hispanic community. Um, so my parents, so they immigrated here um, like, in, like in the late 80s and so they were the first ones, I guess, in their family to kind of establish themselves here. And I don't think mental health was really a thing um, growing up. Like if I, I, it's something that I mentioned to my therapist, too, like I think, um, especially with like the whole machismo thing, um, coming in like as a, as a child, if I was like sad or upset about something, like you know, my parents would be like, "Oh, you know, you're you're a boy, you don't have to cry, just kind of like hide hide it kind of thing." It was kind of a lot of that, and like I didn't know that. I, mean, I don't think they also knew a lot about the stuff that could you could probably do to help out, especially since they were um, recently moved here. They didn't know a lot of a lot of that, um, and I don't think. That, I mean, I've seen some TikToks as well, like just funny viral TikToks that kind of make fun of that aspect of how uh, you know Hispanic communities can be with mental health. And um, I think there was one where I saw where uh, I think the guy was like, oh, I don't feel, I don't feel uh, confident. I don't feel like I'm attractive or whatever. And then the dad was like, the dad was, or the parent pretty much was like, well, who cares? You have a job, you, you're, you're alive, you have a roof over your head. What, what more do you want? Um, and I think there's some kind of truth to it because I, I don't think we talk about mental health enough in our community and it is a thing and since I'm the oldest in my family I have helped my parents realize that this is a thing and especially because my youngest brother uh so my parents moved to Mexico for a while and it took my youngest brother when he was maybe like 12 or so and he lived over there for a bit um went to school there in Mexico and then they came back so because my brother missed some school schooling here and some friends that he made um he they were no longer around him so it was hard for him to connect again here in, in the U.S. so he was very depressed he was very he had a hard time and I think he had some suicidal um like thoughts of him going through that so my parents like didn't really understand but at the same time they did and they knew that it's important and then like we just kind of came together so like myself my other siblings, we try to help out my brothers the best he can and help him adjust to everything. Um, but I think my parents never dealt with something like that for with myself and my other siblings. 
just because I don't know I I wasn't really talked about it. and since my brother he's the baby of the family like he felt different I guess and that kind of made him think about things differently. That's an incredible story and it, it, you know it's so funny too something I was thinking about um, thinking about an immigrant experience and potentially you know English being second language and communication barriers I mean what a benefit therapy could be for someone in that situation but when you know your your culture or your religion or your gender for so long has said you know that's weak that's not you know the right path it you you're missing out on such an incredible like building block and opportunity you know it's these things like I don't think about every day right I have been lucky enough to have a lot of exposure to mental health through friends and growing up, but there's so many people that just don't have that. And it's still such a stigma. Yes. I mean, I, I think just in general, uh, mental health has definitely been a focus with probably in the entire country than before. So it's, a, it's definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what Diana spoke about, like the postpartum depression that sh- um, she went through, I think that's you know, amazing that we could have that conversation and just let everyone know just to normalize these things that people go through just so, so, you know, it could help someone cope with it or, you know, just talking about it could help someone find help and go through that so they don't have to go through, through it by themselves. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of just share about yourself or your story or your relationships um, that you think would be, you know, beneficial for people to hear or help people? Um, so I, I don't think I answered you guys' this question about like um, advice for coming mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. I I think it just it's probably cliche to say, but you know once you do let it out or just you're comfortable with yourself, you feel so much better. Um, like I, I think the, the first thing that I kind of did tell myself when I started working on Medline, I said that I'm just gonna try to just tell people. Okay. Like I think we, Barry and I were walking to one or uh, one or uh, one on ones one time, and then um, she asked like, "Oh, you know, I forgot what you specifically asked." But then I just said like, "Oh, uh, me and my boyfriend are doing this, isn't it? Whatever." Um, it before, was the perfect. I remember. Yeah, it was the perfect moment because you were going on vacation, and I asked if you were going by yourself or with anyone, and I just. I, you said, I'm going with my boyfriend and it was just like, oh, awesome. And like myself being closeted at that time of that conversation, I remember thinking like, that's awesome. I love that he can just throw that casually into a sentence without making it a big thing and just said, yeah, I'm going with my boyfriend. And I just, I remember that moment. And I'm, I remember thinking like, I want to be able to get there too. I want to be able to just throw that into conversation in the future. So thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I mean, even before that, like I, I had to um, definitely just push myself out of my comfort zone to be able to just say it. And then the more that you feel secure once you pass that first boundary, then you kind of keep moving forward and it gets a little bit easier. Um, you know, you're definitely, you know, if you don't want to come out just yet, that's definitely understandable. It's never good to push someone to come out. It's always okay to do it at your own terms. At whenever time that you feel that it's right to to be able to do so just will be amazing one day when hopefully the world gets to a space where coming out isn't even really a thing like you don't have to come out and announce this you just are who you are and nobody thinks twice about it like that would be 
that would be something. But I also think I, I think I said this in my last episode, but I just think it's so true. Like as scary as it is to come out and get to that point of saying like, this is who I am. I think what I've learned personally is that it's a lot scarier to pretend to be someone you're not and not be yourself because that is what made me personally hit rock bottom was hiding it. And the second I conquered my fear of coming out, like it, it wasn't so scary anymore um, because hiding myself was so much scarier for me. Yes, definitely. And I I just, another thing that I I did want to highlight as well is, um, it's just like the trans community. So um, Nate's family, um, um, so we did have uh, his, his, he has an older sister. Um, she uh, does have uh, a child, so his nephew. Uh, well, and he, she decided to come out as trans. Um, and so, you know, we were like, everyone took it pretty great. Um, everyone was very supportive. Just for me, like uh, I, I, I guess the first thing that came to my mind was actually sure, like not the fact that you know, try to like make a change in mind. It's just the fact that trans people tend to have like a difficult life, um, and just because um, a lot of them are targeted for uh, just anything, there. I mean, there's so many trans people losing their lives throughout the country, and so my first uh, thing that came to my mind was like. She just has to be careful um, because I don't, you know, I would hate for someone to lose their life because some person doesn't understand or they're not okay with it. My first instinct was like, just make sure what she needs to do to make herself safe. Um, And I think that hopefully down the line, um, this community is embraced more and just protect it. Like if I've never, um, honestly, have never really ex, uh, experienced like homophobia. Um, if I ever see it done to someone else, I will definitely speak up and uh, fight for that person or just um, step in. And I would do that with, um, specifically with the trans community. If I see that something's wrong, I will speak out about it uh, because I just feel like that community is kind of not having the best um, currently um, throughout the country. I think you make a great point. And, you know, we have not, you know, kind of broached the topic of the trans community quite yet on this podcast. And, you know, I think you make an interesting point in that for families, it can be very scary because there is so much out there about violence um, against trans people and hate and murder. I mean, but then you think of the alternative and someone not being able to be their true selves and risking suicide and, and things like that without being able to kind of live your true identity. It's such a double-edged sword. And the more we talk about it and the more normalized it can become, hopefully people like your niece yep. can have, you know, it's not as scary, right? And there's more acceptance. And I think that's 2021. I I think it's so great that more and more people are starting to talk about that. And I think we've mentioned every single episode, there's certainly a long way to go, but this is a big part of the battle is just having people feel comfortable coming out and sharing their stories like you've done today. And like Diana has done and Mindy has done and Barry has done. And we'll keep going with it. I think it's, it's awesome. You know, we're a small platform, but, um, it's, if it 
makes one person feel better who maybe is part of a throuple or who's, you know, struggling with being closeted and maybe now feels a little bit more comfortable coming to that coming out journey, like then it's all worth it, right? I mean, I, when we had the mental health uh, month and you guys talked about it, that honestly uh, helped me to be able to finally uh, seek a therapist, to talk to a therapist. Like I was, I was like, okay, I want to do it, but I don't know if I, I don't know where, how to do it, how to go about it or how to find someone. Um, but uh, I, I just Googled stuff, researched, and then like I had a specific criteria for finding a therapist too. Um, because I, I kind of did have some sort of like run-ins with like ther therapists before where I didn't think it was the best. Um, so I just made sure that I, I guess, had a therapist where they could kind of relate to me and could help me out or understand um, the different uh, dynamics of relationships or different kind of people that, um, you know, you could be. Um, so I made sure that I, I just went to psychologytoday.com. I found a therapist that was in that work with our insurance, of course. And then um, I also found a therapist that was like uh, part of the community. So I was lucky enough to find a therapist that is a gay man too. And so that was like a pretty amazing thing. And then uh, this is this is something that I wasn't really looking for, but he also, he also happens to be a minority. So I was like, okay, that's even a bigger win that we, we could relate to uh, more. So. That was a big win for me, but um, also I, because of a bad experience that I had with therapists before, in a sense, I had a very specific criteria of what I wanted to look in a therapist. That's Thank awesome. You for doing that. Yeah, I, was that's, just, I almost like teared you. up as you were saying yeah, me that. Me too. <laughs> I just want to like, you know, not to like toot our own horn, Callie, by any means, but it's just so, it's really cool how this podcast, which started as a way to keep our small TA team connected through COVID and work from home and where in the beginning we were just having fun talking about nothing most of the time really kind of evolved into a platform where we could talk about serious stuff and important stuff and just as a way to normalize it and so I'm really glad you came on today and if anyone out there is listening I feel like I'm, I'm acting like we have so many listeners and I don't think we do but if anyone is out there listening and they want a chance to share their story or help educate their coworkers or employees at Medline on um, a topic we've either discussed or a new topic we haven't yet, um, just reach out to one of us and we'd love to have you on. And because as important as some of the, you know, high level topics we've been talking about are, I think we also still want to have fun. <laughs> so I want to bring up a, a uh, something Frank and I have in common, oh, um, which, <laughs> which is a love of anime um, that I actually had taken a break from, but came back with something we've talked about um, on a previous episode, which is My Hero Academia. Um, you guys don't need me from here, right? I could sign off. No, <laughs> we do need you here because <laughs> Frank is going to plug why you need to partake in anime. Frank, go. Anime is just amazing. And it's <laughs> to different, different, uh, just different worlds of you to just think about I guess I don't know just the stories are pretty great and the, they're amazing uh, it, it just could go so much in depth like one of my favorite I do love my hero academia um and one of my other favorite ones is uh 
what's it called? Uh, Attack on Titan. I, I really, you really You told love. me about that one and I just recently watched it and really liked it. it. I really love it. And like that kind of, it kind of connects to our world in a sense too. In a sense, specifically with that one, I, mean, I don't want to ruin spoilers for people if they want to start watching it. But so like, it's it's honestly amazing. Like I, I think I we binge watched that season, uh, most of that season, maybe like in two, three days because it was so good. Uh, but it's also kind of dark. Cool. I'm going to watch anime. I'm telling you, it is great storylines. And it's always got something for everybody. Yes. Like, there's romance. There's action. There's, I mean, My Hero, Hero Academia has me rolling on the floor laughing almost every episode at some point. Like, it's hilarious. But it's also, like, really thoughtful and very emotional. Like, it's so good. It can be kind of like <laughs> a... Soap opera. Oh, like it is kind of yeah. I think that's a great way to describe it. It kind of is. I will take Frank's recommendation to walk watch my hero Academia. I don't typically trust Callie's recommendations (laughs) because one time she forced me to watch the Muppet Christmas Carol and told me how amazing that was. And I just Barry Cutler, if you are about to say one bad thing about the Muppet Christmas Carol, (laughs) TA at home is canceled. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to tell you how much I love the Muppet. That's what I thought. I'm so glad you made me watch that. So what? Have you seen Muppet Christmas Carol? Um, I think maybe I did when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. I feel I have such a strong feeling about this movie. It is so amazing. The music is incredible. It's perfection. And anyone who has something bad to say about it, like come at me. I'm ready to have that conversation. You know, I, I would definitely watch it because I did watch the Muppets when I was a kid a lot and baby Muppets too. So I, I think I would be fan. <laughs> no, I'm not. telling you, Muppet Christmas Carol is like top Muppet. So it's I, I think Callie, we should probably hold Barry accountable and maybe follow up with her maybe in like two weeks to see if she yeah, wants. I love this. Person. I love this. Uh, and I'll make sure it's called out on the podcast too. So if she hasn't done her homework yet, we'll how do we'll, I watch it? Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. The ringer. Hulu. Uh, my Hero Academia is on Hulu. Where- All right, I'm gonna start with my hero because I could use a good laugh. All right. Well, so. Frank, thank you so much for coming on. You, I mean, I'm just I'm sure Barry is just like so proud of you and you know being your manager but I will say it too with that I hope not sounding condescending in any way I'm pretty proud of you too I mean it's just incredible what you've shared and um again I think if one person is impacted you've done something pretty incredible and I think you're you're passing along what Diana has started and and a lot of other guests and I just think it's awesome I think you're awesome thank you guys for having (laughs) me and honestly I think this platform that you guys have is is amazing like it's helped me and i'm pretty sure it's helped others too thanks frank got all the feels right now (laughs) it's a great episode deuces Mm -hmm. barry